Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Everybody, it is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number 373, and I'm your host, Michael Citro. I'm the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. That is an independent website that covers Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. Joining me from Tallahassee, Florida, as he always does, it's David Rowe. Dave, how you doing? I'm good, Michael. Uh busy week obviously i mean between uh you know three matches hurricanes and a a freaking you know uh holiday coming up good grief yeah it's been a busy time busy busy time we of course are recording this the day after orlando city last played and that turned out to be uh, uh the team flying into the hurricane as it turned out as they they left to avoid the hurricane, and then they the hurricane sort of caught up to them just because of the size, the mass of this storm, Idalia. Uh, they were getting rain from the hurricane during the game at uh, Charlotte on Wednesday night, and that meant you were going to have sloppy conditions, a wet ball on wet, fake plastic grass, which, as you know, I hate. And hate, hate, hate. Uh, we knew it was going to be difficult because Charlotte has sort of had Orlando's number this year. I think Orlando in the first half of the first meeting wasn't quite ready to go. In the second half, Orlando City dominated but could only score once and so couldn't dig out from the hole that they had dug themselves. And in the um, U.S. Open Cup game, uh, just never really seemed in that game, and it was it was not a was not a good performance by the the players that were chosen to play that night. So uh, two losses in two meetings going into Wednesday's game against Charlotte FC, and it didn't look like anything was going to change because the first 15, 20 minutes of this game, Charlotte was just running down Orlando's throats. It was uh, 
it was pretty scary to watch. It just seemed like a matter of time before that first goal would come. It was uh, a little bit of uh, some some changes in this game. You you didn't have Ivan Angulo in there. Uh, Oscar Pereja throwing a little monkey wrench into things and starting Ramiro Enrique at the left wing. And then, uh, of course, you didn't have Wilder Cartagena because of a yellow card suspension that we did not talk about in our early show this week because it slipped our minds and uh, Wilder Cartagena was replaced by junior Urso, who is, you've got his first start since returning to the team. He doesn't, I, I, I'm going to aside here for a second. Junior doesn't quite look like the same player as he did the last couple of years. Uh, no, he's not, but you know, there's been a lot that's going on between the time that he left, uh, whatever he was dealing with when he was gone and then coming back and having to reintegrate to the team. So I, I you know, uh, I'll give him a little bit of slack on that, but it still, you, one would hope that given the time that, you know, he spent in Oscar's system, that he would be able to plug and play back in. And that hasn't quite been the case yet, but mm-hmm. I'm still hopeful. Yeah. I mean, he, he played an okay defensive game. He just didn't really get up in the attack the way we're used to seeing him. Um, and of course that comes with form and confidence and he's had some time out with the injuries uh, at Curitiba, his last uh, stop. So, in fact, that kind of slowed him from getting his first minutes with Orlando City. So, so hopefully that will that will come along as uh, as we move on. But um, those were the two changes, and it was Cincinnati was just kind of all over Orlando. It's not Cincinnati, sorry. Charlotte was all over. I'm getting ahead of myself, right? By a few days, uh, Charlotte was all over Orlando City for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game. It was, I think, it was about the 29th minute when Orlando City finally got a decent look at goal. Um, it didn't look good. It was 70% possession for Charlotte. And I know Oscar set the team up to, to counterattack in this game, absorb pressure and hit back on the counter. It took a while to get anything going, but they did get some opportunities in this game, especially late in the first half. There was a, a, a brilliant moment to get a 2v1, but that darn rain and that darn plastic field and that wet ball all combined to wreck a really good opportunity for Orlando City as Duncan McGuire had the ball in the net with a fantastic shot. But unfortunately, he was not able to hold up his run while Facundo Torres got the ball under control. So um, it just about a shoulder offside and uh, the flag came up after the goal and they they didn't even uh, need to send the referee to the monitor to take a look at it. No goal. It was, looked like the right call, but I don't have to like it. No, and I, I agree. It was the correct call. Um, it's unfortunate. And and I agree with you. I mean, that wasn't the only time that Facundo had trouble managing the ball at his feet, which usually he's better at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that uh, the conditions provided him some some challenge. I mean, there was one time where he, he stepped on the ball. I mean, he was able to recover, but it just it it wasn't good all night. And it wasn't just Facundo. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody had some people. Yeah, everybody has some trouble uh, throughout the night. The passes, of course, weren't as crisp because of the the weather and things like that. So, I mean, there was a lot that went on there. But yes, it was absolutely unfortunate on that particular play because, like you say, Duncan got in uh, well. And and on a normal night, or let's say on grass, even if it was raining, I think that that ends up being a goal. I think so too. And and uh, it wasn't easy to beat Christian Kalina. He's a good goalkeeper. But uh, Duncan had no problem doing it. Unfortunately, he had a problem holding his run for just a split second more. And honestly, you know, 
those are those plays where you just hope that the that the player learns from that. Like in this case, Torres, you've got a clear two v one. There's really no reason to release that pass because one guy is trying to defend two of you. Just head to your right just a little bit and get some separation, and then you can play him in uh, once yeah. you know for sure that he's onside. Don't waste that opportunity. But uh, unfortunately, a little little over eager, and um, you know there's really not much that Duncan could do. He he was already ahead and and delayed as much as he could. So unfortunate, but uh, you know, that wasn't the only chance of the half. We also had a uh, a chance that Pedro Galese made an incredible save on for Derek Jones. He was for some reason left all alone in front of the net and uh, the pass found him and he headed it down like he should. And a uh, great reaction save from Pedro Galese, which, Turned out to officially be his only save of the night, but he did have a couple of uh, uh, blocks on some, I guess, what was ruled to be a cross uh, that were pretty uh, vital and um, a decent night for El Pulpo. As you would expect, you know, an octopus in the water, they're in their element. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, that was a magnificent save, you know, the one that he was credited for. Um, and uh, it turned out to be an incredibly important save. Uh, because, you know, like you say, he didn't have a ton of opportunities and the the one that we'll talk about later that he, he didn't manage was there was no way he could have gotten it anyway. So uh, coming up with that save that that secured a point. Yeah, the other good opportunity for Orlando was on a Ramiro Enrique shot from outside the box. Unfortunately, he hit the post squarely and it bounced out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of opportunities there. Torres also fizzed one just just over the bar on the uh, uh just over the upper 90 in the left side uh you just want a little more dip there would have been nice it's weird when you go in oh if you would have just taken that shot from about three yards further out that was a goal <laughs> yeah right <laughs> although we will we will get to long distance goals mm-hmm. yeah for sure so the game goes to the break nil nil and it kind of looked like if Charlotte didn't score. It didn't look like anybody was going to score. You, you figured that Charlotte would come out and fix some of those counter opportunities defensively. And, and they kind of did. It was the, it was more of a back and forth game in the second half, a little bit more under control, less breaks, less breakdowns. Although um, Charlotte did score a goal of their own. That was offside. It was Ben Bender, but he was clearly offside on the pass in. And uh, he still had to make a nice finish over Galese into the roof of the net, which he did credit to him, but it didn't count. No, unlike uh, Duncan's shoulder off, uh, Bender was pretty much whole body off. Um, so it was mm-hmm. it was a very clear and obvious no need to. I mean, they didn't go to VAR on the first one. There's certainly no need on the second one. And um, big relief, though, because you, you, at that point, you kind of felt like one was coming from them. Yeah, you did, but uh, it it was, like I said, it was a little bit more back and forth. It was a little less ramming the ball down Orlando City's throat in the second half. And, uh, you know, part of that, I think, is because there was a substitution made at halftime, a pretty big one, as uh, Ivan Angulo came on the field for Mauricio Pereira, who kind of struggled to get in the game on this particular night. He was also had some trouble controlling the ball. He did have a couple of key passes. It wasn't his fault that, you know, they weren't converted, but um, 
what are you going to do? Uh, Maori gets a rest because of the close proximity of the games and the heavy field conditions. And uh, you saw how dangerous that that turf can be early on because uh, there was a player for Charlotte that had to leave the game just 14 minutes in with an injury. Uh, I, I think I speak for everybody. Just get real grass. I don't know why it's so difficult other than the fact that, you know, there's other sports in this country that also should get real grass, but don't seem to care. Yeah, I agree. So uh, there were some subs brought in, uh, some changes, but still we went nil-nil for a long time. And then uh, for me, the real disaster of this game struck uh, in about the 76th minute when they showed Robin Janssen laying, sitting on the ground, not getting up. Uh, and they had some substitutes coming on. And you know Robin doesn't come off unless he has to. So you're already down Antonio Carlos. We don't really have a timetable on his return. He's not training. Um, and then you got Robin goes, goes down with an injury. We we hope that it's not something serious, maybe just a little tightness that goes away before the Cincinnati game because this was a break in case of emergency situation, and they put Abdi Salim in. And made the prediction that uh, Enzo Capetti's going to score a goal in this game. Yeah, well, and he made that prediction inside the Slack chat real time as uh, Janssen's coming off the the pitch. And I, I, if I remember rightly, I think I agreed with you. Um, but yeah, scary moment. Hopefully, uh, Robin's okay. But. Um, yeah, down, you know, this is something that we talked about uh, earlier in the season that we would have really liked to have had another center back signing. Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, yeah, Schlegel's, Schlegel's good. He's the best backup center back in the league. But after that, where do you go? Yeah, it was, it was difficult, but I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. And it did happen quickly. And this was not an Abdi Salim failure, though. This was a, a, a fault of, Rodrigo Schlegel, and it's very difficult to fault Rodrigo Schlegel on this play because it was a crafty move by Copetti. Uh, mm-hmm. The ball is on the right. Um, Schlegel comes over to you know, defend. The ball is played into him. He's got a ball coming at him. He sees it. He goes to kick it away. He goes to clear it. Copetti comes from behind him. He has no idea Copetti's coming and jumps in between him and the ball. So as he's swinging his foot, he doesn't get the ball because Copetti suddenly is already is between him and the ball. So did he kick him? Yes. It was pretty soft. Copetti went down and sold it, got the penalty call. They didn't overturn it. Um, it's a rough one, and it's really kind of the fault of the way the rules are written that this is a foul on the defender because who initiated the contact? Rodrigo doesn't have any idea he's coming from behind him. So who's at fault for the contact is Enzo Capetti in this situation, and he gets to benefit from that. And the only reason he gets to benefit from it is he sees he got a better view. He's running up from behind, and he knew what he was doing, sticking his leg in there, and Mm -hmm. he got the call. Everything worked out exactly how he wanted it to. It did, but as you say, as the rules are written, there's not much anybody can do about it. I mean, it's, you know, honestly, it's a good thought, play, whatever from Capetti. Um, it's a smart one. And if, uh, you know, if Duncan McGuire was to do it, then we would have, we would call him savvy. So it's unfortunate, but it, it it's within the rules and, and we go to a penalty kick. So Capetti buries the penalty, even though Galese guessed correctly, he put it in the inside netting where it was just not a stoppable shot. Uh, Pedro gave himself an, an 
opportunity had it been left too close to the middle, too far from the post, but it wasn't. So one nil, and you figured that might be enough the way that Orlando hadn't really been generating that many chances in the second half. They had taken Duncan McGuire off. He tends to run himself out by about the 65th minute. Um, Ramiro Enrique ended up up top and uh, they brought in Martino Heda. And uh, they had to make defensive substitutions because of the injury to to Janssen. So they had they couldn't even bring Jack Lynn on to try to chase the game. So things looked pretty bleak. And then late in the game, the cardiac cats strike again, Dave, as uh, Martino Heda gets a takes a free kick from distance. The kind that you don't even normally see Orlando City put in the box. They normally play it short and try to build up. That's how mm-hmm. far out it was. And instead, he kicks it into the box, but he overshoots everybody, goes goes from right to left with his left-footed uh, effort. It clears all the attackers. It clears all the defenders. And it's on frame. Kalina gets a touch on it, just a fingertip, but all he can do is hit it off the post and in. It's a fortunate goal, uh, but... This is also how you're supposed to take free kicks. You're supposed to take them so that if no one gets a touch on them, they go in anyway. And uh, Felipe said after the game, they work on that play. And he, you know, he just thought it was great that he was happy for Martin, who has been struggling a little bit. And he gets the goal and we're tied going into a pretty lengthy stoppage, uh, stoppage time situation. Yeah, I, well, first on the goal, um, yes, that is how you're supposed to take him. I was surprised, as I think everybody else, including most of the players on the field, but very happy as everybody wearing purple was. Um, now, to stoppage time, I and I maybe was it six minutes or nine minutes? It was originally given as six, but it was extended because near the end of that six, uh, there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity to go to re, uh, review because Copetti got his arm up into Schlegel's face, and I mean he made contact with Schlegel's chin. It was pretty obvious that he did that. The elbow was up, although he didn't lead with the elbow, but it was forcible contact. And yes, Schlegel sold it because you're supposed to do that. Uh, but he gave him a yellow card. He went over, took a look, and decided the yellow card was enough. And then that was weird because it's like, well. He wanted Schlegel to then leave the field, even though he'd been laying there for a few minutes. He wanted him to then go get checked for concussion. You mean the concussion from the not forcible contact that you didn't think was worth a red card? Right. Yeah. Uh, I Maybe the concussion from his head hitting the ground. I don't know, but it's all very sketchy. Extremely sketchy. I asked Oscar after the game, you know, why did they make Rodri come off? and I mean, because he's the one that was fouled and he deemed it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, violent conduct. So then why does he need to get checked for concussion? Um, not that it makes any difference. I don't think if Copetti gets a red card there, I don't think it makes any difference in the outcome of the game, but we'll never know. They did end up playing into the 11th minute of stoppage time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best opportunity uh, Copetti did send one a little wide of, of net on a an opportunity for Charlotte, but I thought the best opportunity in, in stoppage time came for Orlando City on a, a promising odd man rush, but Ivan Angulo put his centering pass to Ramiro Enrique behind the little Argentine. Mm-hmm. 
and it wrecked the chance. So, um, yeah, a little bit of an offensively challenged night. Uh, you would expect that with the the wet conditions, the turf, the wind, the rain, everything. Um, although Charlotte has been one of has actually been the leakiest defense in the entire league this year, and Orlando only managed two goals in three games against them, and that's that's frustrating. It is, but as we've mentioned before, there's always some team that has has the number of your team or you have the number of that team. And We and have an agreement. That's D.C. Well, that's why it's... You don't get two. Draws. You don't get two. <laughs> well, no. See, it's kind of the opposite of the D.P. rule. So whereas other teams get multiple D.P.s, we get multiple teams that have our number. All right. Well, I don't like it. I don't like it either, but uh, what I I do kind of like it's 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 a silver lining is that I was correct in my prediction of a one one draw, mm. and I think I was a little more optimistic than you. You were you had a two one win, um, so like I say, it's that's that's bleak, uh, you know compensation for my my feelings on the draw is is being right about it but mm-hmm. uh I, I will still take a point on the road all right so good news bad news situation for orlando city good news the one point plus all the other results around the league pushes orlando city into third place in the east bad news is if jansen has to miss any appreciable amount of time down the stretch this team's not finishing in third place or higher no they are not that's that's a big concern and like you said my hope is that um him coming off is an indication that hey it's not gonna let's not push it let's get him off let's get him rehabbed as soon as possible so we can get him back out there on uh, saturday yeah well we'll see it's it's really rare for a team a player to leave a game with an injury in midweek and then play on the weekend but we'll we'll see how it goes we'll see what the availability report says but if it's not him, it's going to be Rodrigo Schlegel and Abdi Salim, or it could potentially be the return of emergency center back Kyle Smith. None of those options are good. Not when you got Brandon Vasquez and Luciano Acosta to defend on Saturday. And oh, by the way, a team that hasn't lost at home all season and is pretty much a shoe in to win the, the uh, supporter shield. So you're saying there's some challenges. Yeah, just a few, just a few. But Dave, (laughs) I've got a very good idea of who I think my uh, man of the match is because I blurted it out to anybody who would listen in our Slack chat. I thought in the first half of the game, Robin Janssen was the best player on the pitch for either side. I didn't change my mind in the second half. And of course, their goal came after he went off. Uh, So... Uh, Roman Janssen's my man of the match, and I I don't even, I guess if if there was a second-place guy, I thought Cesar played really well. He drew seven fouls on the opposition um, and kind of kept uh, their offense a little quiet. So uh, I would say he had a good game as well. Pedro had a good game, although not a lot of saves to make. Um, those are the, the main protagonists for Oscar Pereja's side. But for me, Janssen was head and shoulders above everyone. Uh, you are correct, sir. And as a matter of fact, when, uh, the Slack chat was asked about that, I, I wasn't quite as forceful because I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't trying to dictate anything. So I said, Johnson, 
uh, as well, just not as forcefully as you did, but I am, I am in complete agreement that, um, it's very telling that it was once he came off that, uh, they were able to get the goal. Cause I think maybe if he's in there, it doesn't happen because Schlegel is then on the other side, Janssen's on that side and he's defending the Capetti better. So, um, yes, Janssen is man of the match for me as well. All right. I didn't realize I was being a dictator. You weren't uh, being a dictator. I was just, you were being, <laughs> you were you are adamant about your opinion. I I am not shy about giving my opinion if it, if it's a strong one. And that was I I some there are many nights where you you know we were in our Slack channel like who's man of the match? Like, I don't know. This guy was good. This guy was good. This guy was good. No, no. This one was pretty clear cut for me. Well, there's also those nights where we're like nobody was good. Nobody deserves anything. <laughs> I don't. I I want them all gone. Nobody um, deserves a thing. No. Yeah. It's. That's true. There are nights like that. Thankfully, not very many. But um, yeah, I thought I thought Roman was amazing in this game. He did a very very nice job while he was out there, uh, and um, yeah, he even had a key pass in this game. He did, and funny enough, in my uh, um, keys to victory, it was a uh, you know him having a good match and and leading the defense, which is what he did until he went off. Yeah. So uh, good for Roman, and it, again, it's a. It's not a bad thing to get a road point this deep in the season. Orlando City actually now with the most road points and the best road record in MLS because RSL lost on the road this uh, midweek. Also, Orlando City had already set a club high, a club record for wins on the road with six. Now they have a club record of points on the road. That was 22. So, uh, and a very symmetrical uh, record for Orlando City, 6-3-4 and four at home, 6-3-4 and four on the road. Well, there you have it. I don't know what I have, but I guess so. All I, all I said was it. I okay. wasn't specifying anything more than that. Got that it factor. Yes. All right. So we we definitely hope that Robin's okay. If he's not, we're, we're going to be extremely nervous going into the weekend. Um, I felt like this, to be a good road trip, the team needed three points. Now it's going to be extremely hard to get three points. I will now say that this su- successful road trip, if they come home with two points. If they come home with two points, I will be very, very happy. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Uh, so one of the other things we need to talk about with the Lions is Erchan Kara. And uh, the the rumors and reports have been flying since our last show. Uh, there was a report by Tom Bogert, uh, Tommy Scoops, as some call him, uh, that uh, Erchan Kara was uh, the target of Samson Spore of uh, the Turkish League and that they came in with their best and final offer and Orlando City rejected it. Well, the next day, they changed their best and final offer, according to Tom Bogert. And he's expecting this deal to be finalized. I even saw a, a B in sport report that uh, said Carl was on his way to get a physical. This is not the reason that he's been out. This is, this is probably the reason he was out for Charlotte, uh, 
but it's not the reason he's been out the last few weeks. There, there, he's not even he hadn't even been in training. And typically, when guys are getting shopped, they're still training and staying fit. So, yeah. uh, in this case, not so much. I actually rode up the elevator with Urchon on Saturday. Uh, him, him and Adam Grinwis, and Urchon was telling Adam uh, about his girl arriving, thirty-five weeks pregnant, <laughs> uh, which is something because I didn't think most doctors would want their their uh, pregnant uh, uh, patients to be traveling uh, in the final month of the pregnancy, especially on a transatlantic flight where there might not be somebody to deliver that baby on board. But uh, apparently that has been the case. And now we're hearing that he's on his way to Turkey when she could be given birth like any day. Because we're now in the two weeks uh, before she's before the due date kind of thing. But again, this is all stuff that he was saying in front of me. So it's very much on the record if he says it in front of me. Right. And uh, <laughs> if if you, know, if you thought that she shouldn't be traveling at 35 weeks, well, 38, yeah, I'm pretty sure nobody's letting her do any traveling. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. there, But let's say for um, argument's sake, there's two things here. And I believe you may correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe one of our mailbag box questions was about our Chankara. It was indeed, and it's, you know, it's a little bit early to get on that, but, mm -hmm. you know, we will, uh, we don't want to uh, deprive Derek Christian uh, of his uh, moment in the spotlight because he said, can you do a retrospective on Kara's city tenure, assuming the deal goes through and you guys hadn't already unpacked it? Mm -hmm. Well, we're kind of unpacking it now. Yeah. So thanks, Derek, for the question. We, for sure. This is, this is a player who has uh, started two seasons here. Uh, with a knock, he's been a little bit injured to start the season. It's kind of set him back a little bit, but he's he's been productive. I wrote about this last year that when he's on the field and when he's getting opportunities, he's been as productive, uh, if more productive than many around the league and as productive as many bigger, bigger names around the league. His, his numbers stack up fairly equally. Uh, the problem has been that last year he didn't really get a whole lot of service. And yes, his holdup play is probably not quite as as good as as uh, Duncan McGuire's and he's not as quick. He's not a, as fast as Duncan McGuire, but he's a very good player. And the problem is, is if he leaves now, Dave, then the backups for Duncan McGuire are now Ramiro Enrique, who has not been great this year nope. and is certainly his, his size is a problem uh, for anything in the air. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Jack Lynn, who has been with OCB for two years. Uh, I know a lot of people have been clamoring for him to get a chance, but I mean, there are there are long passages of OCB games where you don't even hear Jack Lynn's name called or see him on your screen. And that's not typically the kind of person who's ready to step in an MLS and provide the missing goals. So if anything happens to Duncan, especially if if Janssen's going to be out for a, a game or two or more, this suddenly becomes a, a much different end of the season strategy. It's, it's about hanging on to a playoff spot rather than trying to get as high up as you can at that point. I mean, you're still going to try to get up as high as you can. Obviously you go out there to try to win every game, but if you're back to your, if you're down to your third and fourth center backs and you don't have a reliable backup striker, that's a massive problem. And, th and that's the kind of problem that, like I said, if if Duncan were, if anything were to happen to him, 
you're talking about the, there's still a, a difficult enough schedule remaining that this team could conceivably not finish in the playoffs. Oh, it's scary. I mean, it's it's very, very scary. Um, uh, look, we like Jacqueline. We talk about him and in regards to OCB all the time. He's chasing the golden boot down there, blah, blah, blah. That's all well and good. And yeah, he had a decent outing on the defensive end the last time that he played for Orlando City. Mm-hmm. All well and good. Um, if let's let's not even assume that Duncan goes out. Let's assume that Duncan is still able to play and he's able to play the rest of the season. But like you said, he tends to be able to go like 65, maybe 70 minutes. So you now have 30 minutes or so of either Enrique or Jacqueline. And if you're chasing a match at that point, how good are you feeling about it? Not great, Bob. <laughs> yeah, not uh, great, Bob, indeed. I also would I would love to see a foot race between Kara and Lynn. I'm not sure that Lynn would beat him by a whole lot. No, no, I don't I don't think he would. I mean, I think obviously Enrique is faster, but uh yeah. then you have a jumping contest and he's losing that one. Yeah, I mean, and, and I will give Enrique credit. He he does win balls that probably a lot of guys his size have no business winning. The problem is that his holdup play is not as good, and he's a much different kind of, of forward. You're going to have to play every game when he's in there as a counterattacking style. You're not going to be able to just dictate the game and be protagonist and keep the ball in possession with purpose and all that stuff, stuff that has made this team climb the table to third where it is right now. It, it, this is a very, very precarious situation because if you sell Kara now and he does leave before the season ends, you've got a big problem. You've, you've, you definitely don't have a reliable backup. We've been sort of weathering the storm for about the last month, but you know, with the, all the, always with that eye toward, Oh, at some point he'll be back. And then you'll, you know, we got two aces. Like we, we said early in the season, um, now you're down an ace and then you only got one ace and, uh, he is a rookie and I don't know if you've paid attention the last few games. He's not getting a lot of touches lately. And I know the, the, the Cara detractors who, who you tell him, well, you know, he's, he's, you, you point out that when he's gets service, he's as good, you know, he's certainly DP level striker. These are the same people that when you tell them Duncan hasn't got many touches, they'll say, yeah, but he's not getting any service. Well, you can't have it both ways. Uh, Michael, uh, I hate to tell you, but on, uh, online, they can have it both ways because fact, <laughs> facts don't matter. That's, <laughs> that's, that's sadly true. So anyway, it's, um, it's pretty scary, but I think if Cara doesn't, it, it does indeed leave. And if he's played his final game for Orlando city, I think that ultimately he's a guy whose time here was a little bit unlucky. Um, mm-hmm. he, you would have expected him to get better service the last couple of years. And you certainly not been lucky with when it comes to staying healthy. And then, oh yeah, you just drafted a rookie who's really, really good. That's kind of put him, uh, that kind of fits the style better. So uh, I would say that he's a good player and he'll probably do well at his next stop. But uh, at the same time, you know, it's it, it, people want results. They don't really care about the circumstances. I, I don't think he was a bust. I know some people do. Some people can't wait till he leaves. I see. Be, I say to be careful what you wish for, because again, there's, there's no one coming in to replace him. 
I would really love it if they could wait till after the season to leave. Yeah, I mean, this I, I said this in our Slack channel earlier. This team has a chance, if healthy, to be special. I think that they are set up for postseason play. Mm-hmm. And I think that some in some respects the team has gotten better throughout the season. We've certainly seen a better central midfield. Um, we've seen Rafael Santos come along. We've seen uh, a revelation of Dagger Dan at right back. This team has gotten better throughout the season, and that's why they've climbed the table. And if now suddenly you don't have that striker that you can count on behind Maguire, if you suddenly maybe don't have two healthy starting center backs, a, a very special season could turn south in a hurry. So I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, but, you know, it is the hope that kills you. All right. Uh, paging Mr. Miyagi for Ruben Janssen. Mm-hmm. And look, as long as it doesn't lead to any loss of life, if we could have some hurricane shut down the airport so the car can't leave and he has to continue to play, what's the harm? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the problem is if it's bad enough to shut down the airports, you're probably not playing a game in it. Don't poke holes in my dreams, Michael. That's that's what I'm here for, Dave. I'm sorry to tell you. All right. Well, anyway, the Lions have a game uh, Saturday night against the Shield winners. The, by the way, only team so far to have clinched a playoff spot. And we'll have plenty more to talk about that later. Of course, we'll have our key matchups and score predictions. We have a special guest coming on to talk about FC Cincinnati. We, of course, have our mailbag box coming up, and we've got OCB uh, to touch on a little later in the show, as well as the injuries and things that happen to the first team also affect the reserve team, as we've already kind of touched on, but we'll get a little deeper into that. We're going to get to all of that, especially our special guest, right after this. All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast, we're very happy to have with us Jeff Tebbets of the since of Cincinnati Soccer Talk. He he runs the Jersey Swap podcast every week over there. Jeff, thanks for your time. Well, thanks, Michael. Thanks, David. I'm I'm glad that I could uh, give you guys a, a a few snippets here. I'm glad to be on the show tonight. Well, first of all, congratulations. Your team has become the first team to clinch this year. Looks like probably the shield is in your future. It's uh, you, you know ever want to count the chickens before they hatch, but it it would take a pretty massive combination of things for anybody to catch Cincinnati at this point for the supporter shield. So congrats on that. Uh, we are, are hoping that it was just a nonstop celebration for clinching and that uh, maybe they won't be at their best on Saturday. I don't know about that. I, I have a feeling that they clinched. They won uh, Atlanta last night. They got into a jet and went back home. They probably didn't want to, to be delayed anymore. I, I don't know what the hurricanes like down there or if it, even gets close to Atlanta, but I think they wanted to come back and and count the chickens here instead of there. Mm. Yeah, it was um, uh, it was funny because the the team flew out the day before the hurricane hit, and then they were getting bans from the hurricane last night in Charlotte, so um, <laughs> they couldn't escape it. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's that's a heck of a season that Cincinnati's having. And I want to start out by asking you this because we haven't seen Cincinnati since early in the year, like we were still in the champions league part of the season uh, early on um what has changed if anything for fc cincinnati since the first month and a half of the season 
Well, I mean, if if anything, we've been consistent. I think um, if I recall earlier in the season, um, we didn't have uh, Brenner at 100%, uh, our number nine, who um, has left for Udinese. Uh, he's been replaced uh, with Aaron Bupenza, a uh, Gabonese uh, forward um, who used to play in the, the Saudi and Qatari leagues. He is now the number nine. So that's, that's the big, um, I think, shiny object that a lot of people are looking at. Um, he didn't play last night. He had a little bit of a knock. He, he might try to play uh, for Saturday. Um, as far as other pieces, I think it's just more who was healthy at that time. Um, I don't think Santiago Arias, our, uh, our right back, um, I don't think he was healthy. I think he was healthy for the first game and then missed uh, a few games, and including the Orlando game. Um, other than that, it's been more what can we do with the pieces we've got? Um Probably the the biggest piece, and and frankly, it came more internally than externally. Uh, Brett Halsey uh, has shown that to be a capable backup to um, our left back uh, Alvaro Barial. So, if anything, I haven't seen much of a change to this team. If if anything, it's that we don't have, I think, some of the pieces because of injury. Uh, Dom Baji has been trying to recover from a leg injury. Um, Sergio Santos has always made a glass. We we joke that he can't stay healthy, but. Um, uh, let's see, Yerson Mascara. We're trying to see if we can get him back uh, for the game Saturday. No guarantees yet, but um, if anything, you might not see some pieces because of injury. So, um, in the first matchup, it looks uh, to me, if, as far as my memory goes, that um, Pedro Galesi was was the difference uh, in that one for Orlando City. You know, being able to keep um, you guys off the board as you have shown so well since then. That scoring is not a problem with as many goals as you have. Um, so, uh, you know, is that a, a concern going in? Um, you know, now that maybe you guys have settled in, uh, you know, how are you rating the challenge of getting past the back line and uh, Pedro Galese? You know, I think earlier in the season, we were trying to figure out um, just how our offense is going to be pieced together. Uh, I, I know that it had a lot of the pieces that we had from last year. But a lot of that, I think, also was loaded because we had uh, some big performances from Brenner. Um, he gave us hat tricks galore uh, down the stretch. So that's where you were seeing games like 5-2 against DC United, the 6 nothing victory over uh, San Jose. I think they have a talented offense that came in bursts, and getting three on the board is something that we've we found out with this current team, the way it's set up. We can do that. Um, I think we ran into Orlando with a team that was still trying to try out a few new things. Um, we're trying to see if we could replicate uh, what we did last year. And in the end, you know, Pedro Galese, no, no, no shame on him. He's a, a buzzsaw when it comes to defense back there. We, we knew we were going in and we were facing a talented goalkeeper. Um, if I recall last year, I think it was only one nothing. Uh, at home against Orlando. Um, and that was a game where there were a lot of uh, uh, pieces at, in Orlando that weren't there. Um, so we knew that we were coming into a game that had a, a tight uh, last line of defense. Um, so to, to see 0-0, zero, zero, I'm not surprised. If we see 0-0 zero, zero again not today, uh, this weekend, that would be a surprise for me. I think that FC Cincinnati has put together a squad that knows how to put two on the board, a crooked number on the board. Um, it's The question is, is the defense healthy enough to also keep a, a crooked number off the board for the other team? Um, mm. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if you get a two, two, three, two game coming up. Yeah. That was a, a very much a, a, uh, an Orlando team in flux too. When the teams met uh, early in the season, some new pieces in the attack didn't really quite know how they fit together. And also in the middle of a, you know, a, a champions league run. So it was, it was kind of guys weren't getting the minutes they normally would necessarily. And some guys were, were backups were in and that kind of thing. But we know about the strengths of Cincinnati. They're pretty well documented. You see them all the time. What are the weaknesses of this team? They don't seem to have many. Um, I think the weaknesses for this year, um, if I can just put things together, I think it's there are some people on this team that I wouldn't say have the yips, but I would say are afraid to pull the trigger at the right time. Uh, I think we're seeing it with Ser- uh, Sergio Santos, uh, one of our forwards. He's had difficulty trying to pull the trigger when he really needs to. He he got four goals almost off the bat uh, this season, and since then he's either been injured or he's been uh, afraid to really pull the trigger when he needs to. Um, I also think that um, the, out of weaknesses, we have a, a propensity to pick up um, yellow card suspensions at the wrong time. Um, we've got guys that will get suspensions. Uh, Matt Miazga will pick up yellow cards. Um, Obi Norwood, our, our midfielder, he will pick up yellow cards. So to not have a, a complete team when we have a deep squad is something that's that's given us problems in the past. Um, and the other thing is, I really think while our bench is deep, I think it could be much deeper. I, I think injuries have, have hurt us at bad times. I think our youth... Um, I look at Kimi Ordonez, who is our promising homegrown striker. He's been injured part of the season. Steven Jimenez, he's 16 years old, supposed to be a wonder kid in the middle. He's been injured with a, 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 a foot injury. So it's it's just health. It ha- They have not been as healthy as they were last year. Now, you, you mentioned uh, being more worried about the defense and, and keeping Orlando City off the board. Who won Orlando City's attack is concerning you? That that's something that I was hoping you guys could answer for us because it, it you guys didn't make a lot of moves over the transfer market, but I do see that Erkan Kara is is out, um, and that was sort of the name that I'd always chalk up as being someone who could kill us. But I also I realize that you guys have brought back Junior Urso, uh, who has been a big time killer when it comes to facing you guys. He's gotten three goals in four games against us, uh, so. I, for a moment there, I thought you guys called him back just to, so you could face us this weekend. <laughs> um, so those are the, the names that stand out. But I also look at your two top scorers. Um, you know, Facundo Torres, I said this last year, I thought he was going to be your, uh, you know, far and away your best player all season. I mean, I I felt that he had what it takes to become the leader of the squad. Um, and it's also good to see you know, looking at, at the moves that you made last season, um, uh, Duncan McGuire, uh, I'm, I'm stunned that, um, you know, he's got double digit goals by this point in the season. Um, if he doesn't get rookie of the year, I would be surprised. Um, I, I really think that he is doing a tremendous job for you guys. And really, whether it's off the bench, whether it's a starting role, I'm, he's somebody that I look at, I'm like, he is someone who can, fly under a radar and we don't detect him until he scored two goals. Well, you don't have to worry about rookie of the year because Don Garber got rid of that when it became obvious Daryl DK was going to win it. So he changed it to young player of the year so he could give it to Diego Rossi. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
<laughs> well, he, he's now our problem in Columbus now. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to face them again before the year is out, too. So I have a question here from one of our founding members. When we pivoted to an independent website, we um, we had a little GoFundMe and some folks uh, pitched in and and helped out with that. We let them ask questions of our guests. Brian Fergala asks, he says, I live in Orlando, but I have friends in Cincinnati. We went to an FC Cincinnati game at Nippert Stadium when they were still in the USL. Great stadium experience. Do you ever miss Nippert or is TQL Stadium that much better? Uh, it's it's a tough call because I think there were parts of Nippert Stadium that you you had uh, a, a much better atmosphere in case of uh, when you're talking about attendance figures. We could get up to about 35,000 in Nippert Stadium and really bring the, the decibel levels up higher. But it also depended, I think, on the, na- the, the natural atmosphere. It didn't depend on um, you know how it was built. It, it sort of was just there. You would depend more on, I think, the, the vocals of the people there. Um, TQL Stadium has a smaller atmosphere, uh, a smaller attendance figure, but you're able to, to trap a lot more of the, the voice. Um, you're able to put a lot more people behind the goal in um, the Bailey. Um, the Bailey was, by all means, you know, our, our, the heart and soul at, at Nippert Stadium, but it was also very difficult to bounce on those <laughs> stands. You, you would, you were afraid that you would break a leg, maybe if you. Uh, bounced the wrong way. Um, at least with TQL Stadium, you've got nice, um, you know, propped uh, supporting stands. You've got a lot more people behind the goal that can intimidate uh, an opponent or or shush uh, things when your opponent is when your team is facing uh, you for to score. So, if anything, it's just the adjustment I think of where the decibels are coming from. So. Looking at uh, obviously, you know, we're all familiar with the uh, you know Acosta Vasquez. I mean, there are there are names that uh, our listeners are going to be concerned about. Who is not as obvious of a, a player that they should keep an eye on in this match that could that could hurt Orlando City? I would say right off the top of my head, Santiago Arias, um, our right back. Um, we went into this season really needing to to find a solution at right back. Um, we've tried Alvis Powell. Uh, we've tried Ray Gaddis. Both of them um, are back with us. But at the same time, we saw them both as players that really didn't have, uh, I think, star quality to them. They had maybe 45 minutes each with them. And um, they've had games where both have stepped up and have played exceptional games. But they've also had games where they've been asked to play uh, positions that they're not used to. Um, at least with Santiarius, um, you're able to get a guy in there who can block the lanes for 60 minutes, 75 minutes, uh, who can stretch the field on the right side the same way that uh, Alvaro Barrial, our left back, can do. So to have that threat on both sides, I think, is something that we really have not appreciated uh, with past teams. It's it's always been like maybe an Andrew Gutman who's been serviceable on the left or a uh, John Nelson, who's been serviceable on the left. And in the right, it's been Matthew Duplan, who was here and there. Um, to, so to have t- two serviceable and solid uh, wingbacks who can sprint up and then back, that's comforting for our team. So I would circle his name and I would put an asterisk next to him and say that the f- last 15 minutes is probably Brett Halsey, uh, who has um, come from our FCC2 squad and it surprised us all. We really didn't think that he would be a starter, let alone someone to back up the likes of Alvaro Barrial or even on the right. 
So to have him come in and give us uh, in the past two or three games, solid minutes, he, they asked him to come out and play in f- against Messi for all people. And for him to, to sort of put a little bit of a, a, a kibosh on him to, to press him a little bit more. It, that was great to see someone like him who is still young within the MLS, give us exceptional minutes off the bench. All right, Jeff, before we let you go, I'm going to ask you to put your reputation on the line. I have no reputation. Uh, I'll say it right now. I have no reputation. We're gonna we're gonna make you uh we're gonna make you uh earn a reputation then. And we're gonna ask you, where do you think Saturday's game will be won and lost? What matchup do you think is the is the big one? And do you have a score prediction for us? Um, I'll give the score prediction first. And it it would be disingenuous to provide anything other than a win. Um I, I think Whenever I'm in the press box and I'm uh, reporting on the the team, I would go down to the the press conferences and there's always this guy who holds a sign saying uh, win number blank at uh, TQL Stadium. And I'd hate to let him down if we didn't uh, increase that number by one more. So I'm going to say I'm going to say two one uh, FCC victory just because also it's been difficult lately to get these um, uh to get these clean sheets. Um, the, the clean sheet against NYC was FC was good, but um, it's been difficult against really strong uh, attacking teams. And so I think they were going to give up one. We're going to let, we're going to put two of our own in though. So I'll say two, one where it's won and lost. Um, I can really only, I'm, I think I'm only going to be able to see it from my, our perspective. I think it's going to be one and lost with Lucho Acosta. He is the guy that, you know, it's the the heartbeat of our team, which is, I think, something that's very refreshing to see. Uh, past two years with our squad has been good, but it hasn't been exceptional. And to see him turning that corner last year and this year and becoming someone whose name is even being bandied about for USMNT national team, you know, rosters, that that's very, very refreshing and very um, reassuring. So I think if he's able to uh, play a game where he gets room in the middle, he's on a really good um, rapport with uh, Junior Moreno and Obi Nwobodo in the middle. If he can uh, stitch these passes together and find uh, the last pass, that's where it's won. If he gets frustrated, if he gets down on himself and and sort of shrugs um, and just walks back and forth, then I think that's where it's lost. If, If you frustrate him to the point that he gets into his own head, I think that's where FC Cincinnati is the most vulnerable. All right. Well, that'll be a, a definitely a matchup to watch. We expect probably Wilder Cartagena and maybe a combination of a little bit of Cesar Araujo will be tasked with uh, with maybe keeping him from being able to provide for uh, some of the other attacking pieces like Vasquez. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Jeff Tebbets from Cincinnati Soccer Talk. Thank you so much for your time. Before we let you go, where can people find you and follow you on social media if they want to find out more about FC Cincinnati? Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I do lurk quite a bit in X. I guess that's what they call it now. Um, you can find Not me. Us. By- we don't call it. That. <laughs> we don't call it that. <laughs> I call it Twitter all the time. You tweet. So do you, we. you don't. You don't post. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you can find me with my full name, uh, Jeff Tebbets. It is a G, so G-E-O-F-F, last name T-E-B-B-E-T-T-S. No one can spell it right, so I would suggest doing a search if you can. Um, I lurk around there. You'll find us on uh, CincinnatiSoccerTalk.com. 
Uh, I run the website, uh, not not the website, the the podcast usually midweek. So um, if we're able to to get in touch with you guys, we'd love to have you on the show as well. So um, yeah, uh, listen to us there. And um, yeah, that's where you can find me. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. And uh, we would wish you good luck on Saturday, but we don't think you guys need it. I, uh, I, I wouldn't wish luck on myself either. I'm usually the bad luck of the bunch. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, like I always say, may the best team win. And we're back, Dave. And a big, big thank you to Jeff Tebbets of Cincinnati Soccer Talk. They are, they're a good follow on Twitter. And um, they always seem to, to be very helpful when we have to collaborate on projects. Indeed they do. So good to have them on. Yep. All right, Dave, what do you say we turn our attention to some, some more enjoyable pursuits, like say the mailbag box? Oh, I love the mailbag box, Michael. Let's do it. All right. Well, there's a couple of ways that folks can ask us anything. If you're not familiar with the mailbag box, uh, well, that just sprung from the fact that we couldn't figure out if we wanted to say mailbag or mailbox. So we just became mailbag box. But you can ask us literally anything. It doesn't even have to be about Orlando City or even soccer. We will answer your question regardless of the topic. And you can hit us up in a few ways. One is you can write to us via email. Our email address is themainland at gmail.com. And you can also hit us up on Twitter at themainland. Just add us. And uh, the handle is at themainland. And you can use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And one other way you can do it is you can go on to the mainland.com website and there's a page there, mainland podcast page. It's got a form. You can fill it out right there and hit submit and that will send us your question as well. So a couple of ways you can do it and we would love to hear from you. We love to answer your questions and we've already answered Derek Christian's question in the Twitter. Do we have anything else in the Twitter, Dave? We do not. Uh, the only thing we had was, as you mentioned, Derek Christian's very timely and appropriate uh, question. So well done, sir. Yeah. All right. Uh, then I will turn our attention toward the Gmail where we do have a question, but it was submitted via the uh, website form. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So it's a kind of a curveball there. So this one was sent to us by one of our Buy Me a Coffee subscribers. Excellent. Matthew Waldschmidt uh, would like to know, what are your thoughts on Falaran Balogun's transfer to Monaco? Uh, my thoughts are that I haven't thought much about it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if, I, if I'm being fair, um, you know, uh, if it means playing time, I'm for it. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with this uh question with really any of the u.s men's national team I, if they're not playing for my favorite teams overseas then i don't care where they're playing as long as they're getting minutes and you know they're able to have uh some some you know stay fit uh mm -hmm. stay productive and be able to show what they can do if they're if they're in a bad situation where they're not getting minutes uh, well we've seen we've seen how that goes it's not good it's not, and sometimes they don't look, they don't necessarily have to be at a big club. I mean, if they're at a right. club that is fitting, um, their style of play and, or is mirroring what they may bring to the U S men's national team, then as U S men's national team fans, that's a better situation for us than them going and sitting the bench someplace. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, Argentina just called up three players from MLS. Yeah. 
Uh, you think the people in Argentina are like, oh, I wish they were playing at Arsenal or Liverpool or whatever. They don't care. They just want to want to make sure they're getting minutes, they're confident, they're fit. That's what you really want from your national team players. So I think it's a good move if it gets him minutes and uh, he's able to be productive. Agreed. All right. Thank you, Matthew, for the question. We appreciate it. Uh, that's all we have for this show. If you want to get a question in for the next show, please do write to us at themainland at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at the mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC or fill out the form on our mainland podcast page uh, at themainland.com. And in all of those instances, you have to spell Maine like Alliance Maine, M-A-N-E, or I don't know where you're going to end up. Uh, not where you need to be to ask a question. True. All right. Short and sweet mailbag box for this episode. Dave, let's talk about OCB. I love talking about OCB nowadays, if I'm being perfectly honest. OCB is uh, usually fun and enjoyable to watch or at least entertaining, even even when they're not necessarily being fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, OCB is in a pretty good spot in the playoff race, but a very difficult uh, schedule down the stretch. Now, they got beyond the first hurdle by beating... Columbus Crew 2 last weekend, so we're happy about that. Yep. Uh, now they've got to face the big dogs. Crown Legacy coming to Kissimmee to face OCB. And Dave, the problem, not only is uh, is Crown Legacy the problem, because they're very good, good yes. defensively, good offensively, uh, OCB is going to be a little bit shorthanded because you got to figure Jack Lynn is going to be on the trip to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You got to figure Abdi Salim is going to be on the trip to Cincinnati because we still have no uh, Antonio Carlos. And if Robin Janssen can't go Saturday, Thomas Williams probably is going to also make that trip to Cincinnati. So Nabi Kibanguchi would be the lone sort of regular or semi-regular starter at center back for OCB, and they won't have their, you know, their golden boot candidate striker could be problematic for the young lions. Yes. No, very much. So, um, I, I, look, it, as much as we want Jacqueline to get the golden boot, I mean, he's got to do what's best for the club mm-hmm. overall, which in this case is traveling with the senior team. Uh, but it does put, uh, a kibosh on his ability to score goals for OCB. And that also means that it's tougher for OCB since they're playing, as you mentioned, crown legacy, who is very, very good. Yeah. All of that, uh, is going to make it very, very difficult for OCB to continue their sparkling home form and, uh, and get a win. That is an important game. And if we're, if, if, if we're being honest, if OCB can get a draw, even if they don't get the extra shootout point in that game, that's a, a big step toward um, trying to finalize a, a, a postseason spot. And that's what we want for OCB. We want these kids to make the playoffs so they can feel that, you know, those put it be put in those pressure situations so that they're ready for them when they uh, ascend to the major league soccer team. Yeah. And it's also, it, it, it's more minutes, which you want for a developmental squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus we're just plain sick of OCB, not making the playoffs that too. All right, Dave, we've come to the end portion of the show where we're going to talk about Orlando City Soccer Club, the MLS side, going to Cincinnati. Uh, We've got a very difficult opponent. As I mentioned, they've already made the playoffs. They're the only team so far to have done that. Uh, I I, got to give them props. 
they're calling themselves Clinchinati on on social media, which I, I don't good. actually hate. I think that's actually kind of good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but now they stand in Orlando City's way, and it's going to be a difficult, difficult battle on the road. Now, the uh, folks in Cincinnati at TQL Stadium, they haven't lost this year, and they've only got one draw. 12-0-1. That's as close to perfect as you can be. Yeah, that uh, doesn't bode well, does it? No, that means very difficult matchup. Now, Orlando City, very strong road team, 6-3-4 and four on the year, best road record in MLS against best home record in MLS. So, strength against strength? Um, Almost. Those numbers <laughs> are not quite the same. They're really not. But uh, you do have the best road team against the best home team. So, there's there's something there. As long as you don't dig too deep, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Cincinnati, 17 wins, three losses, six draw, uh, six draws on the season. One of those six draws at Orlando City. Yep. Uh, the Lions are, and they're on 57 points. Lions are 13 points behind them at 12, 6, and 8. Uh, fairly even number of goals scored. Cincinnati has scored 44. Orlando City has scored 40. Very close in number of goals conceded. Cincinnati, slightly better again. 29 goals conceded to Orlando City's 31. So very, very similar there. But the goal differential, Cincinnati, plus 15. That is tops in the East, along with Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orlando is plus nine, which is uh, is behind a few teams in the East. Not, uh, not quite in the top few uh, in that respect, but better than it was earlier in the year. So there's that. Uh, yeah, this is a, a difficult team. I mean, you obviously got Brandon Vasquez, who is now being talked about as someone who will be sold to a European club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luciano Acosta has been phenomenal MVP candidate there. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know where you go. You've got, uh, you know, we've got, you got a pretty good defense. You got good wingers. You got good fullbacks. It, it's going to be tough. It, it, again, any points that Orlando gets out of this game on Saturday, our bonus points in my book. Oh, oh, as we mentioned earlier, if, if, if they get a point out of this match, I will be ecstatic. I will be very, very, very happy um, because the challenges, as we mentioned earlier, are way too many. And, and that's with us not even being sure about some of them. Yeah. So you got Acosta, who's obviously the big gun, 13 goals, 11 assists. Uh, he's just having a ridiculous year. Um, Brandon Vasquez uh, sitting on five goals, three assists, which seems like it should be higher. Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is. They've also got uh, Dominic Baggi has uh, pitched in with four goals. Moreno's pitching with four goals. Sergio Santos is pitching with four. Although, as our, our guest earlier tonight alluded to, uh, those came early in the season. Uh, Barreal has three goals for a fullback. That's really good for a fullback. Uh, two more from the fullback on the other side. So five fullback goals. Uh, I don't know how many Orlando city has off the top of my head, but it's less than five. It's definitely less than five. So what do you got? What's your, uh, what's your key matchup? Mm. What's your score prediction, Dave? All right. Uh, it's very obvious to me that 
getting any kind of point out of this is going to come down to the defense and what that defense looks like is going to, is probably going to, whether Robin, let's be honest, whether Robin Johnson is able to play or not, it's going to be the biggest difference. Assuming he can't, it is then going to be contingent upon Wilder Cartagena and Cesar Araujo to do as much of the intercepting and not letting anything into the box so that Abdi Salim and Rodrigo Schlegel don't have to do as much. Uh, same with, uh, the fullback. So, uh, Santos and dagger Dan are going to have to basically everybody around the center backs. If Robin is not there, is going to have to do a yeoman's work to try and keep things outside of the box. Because if it gets inside the box and it's Abdi Salim uh, or Rodrigo Schlegel, and Schlegel, maybe not so much. Obviously, he's got a lot more experience, but it's still not good at that point. So it's for me, it's all the defense that's not the two center backs doing everything they can to make it so the center backs are not a not an issue. And I think that's unless unless we get a miracle and and Robin's in there i think that may be too big of a hill to overcome um and i'm going to agree with our guests and say 2-1 loss for orlando all right i have uh i have definitely got the same thought pattern as you mine's going to be more focused on acosta but it's basically the same guys wherever acosta is those guys have to be on him mm-hmm. deny him the ball if they can shut him down and make him give the ball up to someone else or drop it back if they can. That's going to be Cartagena. It's going to be Araujo. That's going to be Dagger Dan if he's drifting to the left, if he's dra- drifting over to the right. It's going to be Santos on the defensive left for Orlando City. Those are the guys that have to sort of keep him under wraps. If they can keep him under wraps and frustrate him, like our guest said, that may be the uh, the one opportunity Orlando City has to get out of there with points. I'm not optimistic. I think that especially if Robin doesn't play, and I I can't imagine a player that leaves on in the middle of a game Wednesday that he's all of a sudden ready to go Saturday on another road game. But maybe he is. I, I'm just going to say that I, I will be pleasantly surprised if he's in the lineup. Uh, but I will say the last few times that Orlando City's gone to Cincinnati, not really scoring a lot of goals there either. So I'm going to go... Uh, Two nil loss on the road at a place where nobody has won and only one team has drawn. Although I will point out only one team's won in Philly and that team is Orlando city. Well, and, and, you know, we always say it in the against us kind of way that, you know, well, if it's happened that way, then it's surely <laughs> going to happen against Orlando city. <laughs> so, you know, maybe a little karma and it helps us out. I mean, you have to say you you would have to say that Orlando that Cincinnati is due or o- even overdue to lose a game. Yeah, at home, at, you absolutely can say that. Uh, <laughs> the The difficulty for me is one of my soccer people in town here is a uh, he's from that area, so he's a FC Cincinnati supporter, and so he's obviously having a great year. But it would please me immensely if we were able to throw a. Uh, I wrench into that uh, party of his. Yeah. I, I mean, and I was even looking at the numbers earlier and it's a legitimately a team that has a shot to set the bar for the best regular season record of all time in MLS. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty scary. Yeah. It's. 
I knew Cincinnati would be good this year. I just didn't. I didn't think they would be this good. I don't know. Anybody did. Yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, we'll see how it goes. The uh, the Lions will go out to Cincinnati and see what they can come home with on Saturday. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down as we always do. We'll pick our man of the match. And of course, we will then look ahead because that's what we do. And so next week, what that means, Dave, is that we will we will put Cincinnati in the rear view. We will get prepared for Orlando City to actually have some time off because there's an uh, international window coming. Mm-hmm. And then all the focus will be on playing a just about as good, maybe even better right now, Columbus crew side at home on the 16th. And uh, although the crew did lose at Houston, Houston's playing phenomenal soccer right now. Um, the crew did just crush the Cincinnati team, although it was in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't get easier, does it? Does not. And then after beyond that, you've got a short week. Go to go to the baseball field to play New York City, although not their normal baseball field. That's at City Field rather than Yankee Stadium. And uh, yeah, then you got you got the the messy circus on the twenty fourth. Uh, Montreal at home on the thirtieth. At Nashville on short rest again on October 4th versus New England on short rest on October 7th. It's it's no fun. And then you got another international window and then you go to Toronto and Toronto. We don't know what Toronto is going to look like then because they have they've just got a new coach. I don't think Toronto knows what they're going to look like. Nope, but they just beat Philadelphia, which was helpful, but it's also scary. Yeah. So if they could that could be the. the exception to the rule, that would be fantastic. Yep. All right. Well, Dave, you got anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I just hope everybody made it through the storm okay. We did up here. Uh, it, it, Unfortunately for others, but fortunately for us, it took a wicked right turn just before it got to Tallahassee. Uh, my thoughts and uh, whatnot go out to the people of Perry, Florida, and um, Cedar Key, and some of the rest. Um, but anyway, I hope everybody's, I hope everybody's good and has power back and all that stuff. Yeah, big, the Big Bend got hit pretty good, uh, so we, we definitely our thoughts are with them. Um, anyway, I uh, want to thank again Jeff Tabitz uh, from Cincinnati Soccer Talk. If you want to check it out, Dave's going to be on Cincinnati Soccer Talk this week. I am going to make an appearance over there. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, Of course, get your questions in for next week. Uh, We would invite you, obviously, to go to our Buy Me a Coffee and check that out for the different levels of support. Want to give a shout out to um, brand new uh, supporter or uh, subscriber, I should say. We talked about Matthew uh, Walshmit, I think, on the last episode. Is that correct? We did. And we have, um, you know, we have plenty of room. Plenty of room for more of you. Oh, we're there's so much room in the hotel, and we <laughs> need more people there so that we can have a big hurricane party. Yeah, I mean, check it out and see what you get for your money, and if you uh, you know find a a level that works for you and works for your budget. We we don't we start as low as five dollars a month, and uh, that's a homegrown player. We also have Tam, and we also have our uh, you know. Our, our our big level, which is uh, the the uh, designated player. Sorry, I'm I'm 
just losing the plot right now. But yeah, I mean, if you want to be a DP, <laughs> this is your chance. Yeah. And then those are the folks, obviously, that get to get to come on and uh, watch watch us record, um, get to sit there while we we interview these, you know, our guests, players, coaches, whatnot. Uh, there's a lot of cool things you get for that. So check it out. Buymeacoffee.com slash the mainland. And we would love to see you as a subscriber. Yeah. Join the fun. <laughs> yeah. And it is fun. It is. We're getting ready to pick a date for our, uh, our, wa- our next watch party. So that'll be fun. Can't uh, wait. Andrew DeSalvo also has joined us as a TAM level uh, supporter. So we've got, uh, another new uh, member. So we're happy to have Andrew aboard. Very nice. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, you can read our stuff at the mainland.com. You can follow Dave on Twitter at mainland Dave. You can follow me at mainland Michael. You can follow the mainland at the mainland all on Twitter. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Make sure you rate, review all of those things. This podcast, if you do it on Apple Podcasts, if we get a five-star rating and review, we'll read it on the air, potentially put it on our website. Didn't get any new uh, ratings this week, or at least no uh, new reviews. And uh, so five-star rating review wherever you get the podcast, but if it's on Apple Podcasts, it's easier for us to find and we'll we'll put it on uh, the show. We'll read it on the show. So we would love to have you doing that. That's going to do it, though, for episode number 373. We're going to be back next week. The only thing left for us to do is to do what we always do at the end. And that is to say, go city.